Hello. Hi, Gav. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? I haven't been better since 1842. That long? Well, yes, exactly. What? I don't know. Okay. It's been a long time. Tell the ladies and gentlemen why we're here. Uh, we are here to talk about Doctor Who, and in particular, the story called The Space Museum. Really? Yes. Okay. We are also here to drink beer. Oh, that's alright then. And uh, what beer are we drinking today? <laughs> we're, we're drinking the Victory Ale beer, uh, because there's a kind of battle in this, sort of, and there is a victory. So I thought, what is the best thing to celebrate this victory than Victory Ale beer? It's uh, sound reasoning, certainly. Either that or massive amounts of drugs. But, but we drink beer and not drugs. Yes. Interestingly enough, apparently they've uh, discovered the cure for alcoholism. Alcoholism. Is also, it beer? Also, they've discovered the beer. The beer? They've discovered beer. But I want some of this beer. It sounds good. Uh, yes, the cure for alcoholism is LSD. Excellent. I'm not sure how that works. Should we try it? Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They did. They gave it to people who were alcoholics, and they uh, they didn't have the urge to, to, to drink beer, probably because mm. they were off their tits most of the time. Yes. I feel. Is that like asking people who are asleep, "Do you want to drink beer?" And no, I no. feel it's like. Uh, stopping people eating by removing their stomachs. Like making a diet peel. Pill, not peel, because that would be weird. By removing people's stomachs. Maybe they peeled their stomach off. I don't know. That would be quite painful. Do you you want to tell people about the episode? (laughs) I suppose we should get into it at some point. Well, yes, before we turn into alcoholics today. So, uh, yes, this is a space museum. And when was it... uh, Broadcast. Brought forth to the nation. It was uh, brought forth to the nation, as you say, in uh, April and May of 1965. Interesting. No, it's not. It is interesting, because you know what happened in April, May 1965? Uh, stuff? Yes, exactly. Carry on. Excellent. So, episode one, the Space Museum. The TARDIS land and the crew reanimate, complete with a change of clothes. The doctor seems to think this is normal and ignores it. Vicky then drops a glass of water which smashes. Then it reforms back into her hand undamaged. The doctor ignores it. Outside, the doctor deduces that the planet is dead and he discovers that they're not leaving footprints. Dun, dun, dun. The doctor ignores the musical cues and sets off towards the museum. There's staff in the museum but they seem not to know. Uh, they seem to not notice the travellers, despite Vicky's best attempt at drawing attention. Exploring the museum, they hide from staff that can't see them by using the stand-next-to-things technique. They put their hands through Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's exhibit, and they see a Dalek. Then they come across a TARDIS as an exhibit. But like Schrodinger's exhibit, it's there, but also not there. The Doctor then sees themselves in exhibits and deduces thusly. They're now trapped in the fourth dimension, looking at the future, waiting for the past to happen so they can stop the future from happening. Got that? Good. Cause the next thing that happens is the TARDIS lands and there's your cliffhanger. Press pause now to take some headache tablets. Episode 2. The Dimensions of Time. Now this may sound like a short chapter, but trust me, it isn't. 
the museum staff discover the TARDIS and start searching for the travellers so they can add them to the exhibits. Some guys in black shirts also want to find the travellers to help them fight against the staff, who they call the Morocks. The doctor starts mincing about so the black shirt guys kidnap him and knock him unconscious. That's why your parents always told you to stop dawdling. The black shirts will get you, but they only want to be friends. The doctor however escapes, straight into the clutches of the morons, who strap him to a mind reading chair to find out why he's there. The doctor bests the mind chair and annoys Lobos, the governor, and thus orders him to the preparation room. That's <laughs> the worst room ever. Chapter 3 The Search For a script. Rus Abbott and his team are guarding the TARDIS when Lobos appears and questions him about why they haven't broke into it yet. Rus Abbott blames a subordinate to cover up his own ineptitude. A moron discovers uh, the other travellers and at gunpoint they decide to have an argument about changing the future. The Knight of Jaffa then confronts the guard and then for good measure the rest of the museum staff whilst the others escape. Vic is then captured by the black shirts who explain that they want the morons dead. The morons invaded their peaceful planet and turned it into a museum, making the black shirts into slaves. I can't help but feel this is a metaphor for something. Probably something to do with pesticides, I think. Anyway, the black shirts numbers are too few to overpower the morons. Luckily they now have the knight of Jaffa on their side, who has taken a moron captive and gets him to lead him to the doctor. Barbara is found by a black shirt, but Lobos orders the museum to be gassed and Barbara starts choking. Grab your popcorn viewers, this is getting good. Vicky and the black shirts go to the army, but it's protected by NatWest Bank's security questions. Vicky hacks the computer so she can gain entry. The Knight of Jaffa confronts Lobos and demands to see the doctor. He's not the Knight of Jaffa anymore. He will always be the Knight of Jaffa. He was knighted, therefore he is the Knight. Episode 4, The Final Phase Lobos attempts to release the Doctor from preparation, which has never been tried before. The Black Shirts and Vicky prep for an assault on the morons. Prep time? Prep time, yeah. So you know what that means. Batman knows what that means. And all the people that know Batman know what that means. Exactly. Spider-Man doesn't. He quit before the prep time course. The prep time course? Yeah. There's a course in prep time? Of course there is. Have you not taken it? No. The Doctor then awakens, but is weak from being frozen. The Morons then try to rush the resistance, but they didn't count on the Knight of Jaffa, who makes short work of them. Some more Morons, however, sneak behind Ian and knock him out. Back to Barbara, and she's still choking. Can't we watch this for a bit longer? You've written choking. I don't know, is that the same as choking? It's, it is the exact same as choking. Oh, right, okay. It's just spelled differently. Oh, okay. Anyway, she leaves the museum. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves the museum straight. She leaves the museum, does she? <laughs> she leaves it, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where she go? And where does she go? She goes straight into the hands of the Morons. <laughs> oh, fool. She must be choking. Yes. yes. Vicky then shows up with the black shirts and frees Barbara. More Morons show up and recapture Vicky and Barbara. Ian and the Doctor then show up and free Vicky and Barbara. The Daleks then show up and kill everyone. Wait, I got a bit carried away there. Vicky and Barbara are still captured. Now with the others, Ian smashes up an exhibit for fun and the travellers wait in hope that the others will alter their future for them. Now they're just getting lazy. First thing they've done right this story. 
some black shirts charging the museum and free the travellers. They also dismantle the museum too, and everyone lives happily ever after with no slavery or being forced to work. Wait, that's what they are, yeah. Cut to the Daleks monitoring the Doctor, who now have their own time machine, and are chasing the Doctor. Dun, dun, dun. That, that next story sounds interesting. Yeah, it sounds boring, though. Well, why is that? Is that because Ian's leaving in the next story? Ian's never leaving. Ian will always be there, in spirit. Living on fuel, the Doctor. No, he won't. Yes, he will. No, he won't. Anyway, so yes, this is this is our second attempt to record this episode. Because you were ill last week, weren't you? I was ill, yes. I, I was ex- I was expecting you to regenerate at some point. Although, knowing my luck, it would have been the Colin Baker regeneration. But he's, he's got a spiffing jacket, though. Though, though you're probably on that regeneration now, since you're such a cunt. What are you trying to say? That you're such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but then if you regenerate now... You'll be you'll be manipulative like like the seventh doctor. Mm. I can do manipulative. Can you? Not yet, because I'm the sixth doctor. Oh. In a bit, I can. Of course, if you're the seventh, you just want to kill yourself, so you become Paul McGann. Yes. And you can do and you can do voiceovers for adverts all the time. Is that is that why you said that's, is that why you said the NatWest Bank security questions in the thing just because? Just because Paul McGann does the adverts for them. Is that why? Are you getting money from Paul McGann? Me and Paul McGann are like that. I say money. Are you, are you, are you getting oral sex from is that? Is this what's going on? Oh, if I'm <laughs> <laughs> What would Ian say? He'd understand. Right, so one of the first lines Ian has, I think the first mm. line he actually has, is, uh, Doctor, we've got our clothes on. Which, which I think gives us an insight into what happens in between shows. Yeah, you know, on those on those long, uh, long TARDIS flights, it's all a bit boring. Yeah. They've only got a few board games. Yeah, Let's play Naked Twister. Yeah, um, and on the last uh, story, Ian uh, sort of emerged from the TARDIS, all tired. <laughs> <laughs> was he shagged out, so to speak? He, he was shagged out. Anybody's guess what's happening? It's anybody's game, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and apparently, apparently uh, he has Carl Sagan's taste in turtlenecks. Yes, it's a particularly good taste, if you ask me. You, you know how many uh, turtlenecks that uh, Ian has? One. No, billions and billions. <laughs> I almost did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, and also, at the start, I also mentioned that the Doctor was ignoring everybody's complaints. Mm-hmm. About the weird stuff that's happening, and then just before leave, Tally says, "I think we can all agree that there's things that we need to know." Yeah, just, just after dismissing everybody's concerns. Also, the bit where Vicky drops the water, the glass, mm. the glass of water, and then it smashes, and it comes back into her hand, and she comes round to the doctor or whatever, and says, it, "That that happened, but but you can still see it happened because I haven't cleaned it up." So apparently, a pool, a, like puddle of water in the TARDIS, means that the time reversed itself, and not that somebody just pissed the pants. No. Well, if that's true. There's a lot of little boys, <laughs> and time reversed itself in their beds at night. <laughs> that could be a whole new excuse. Do you think people would fall for it? Are people as stupid as the doctor? <laughs> the, the, there are some stupid people out there. Oh, sorry. I have or, 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 
are they as uninterested as the doctor? But they will be as uninterested as the doctor is. And they will send them to bed with a smart body. <laughs> smart body. Speaking of smart bodies. Yes. What were you looking? Uh, Dalek Steve was in the museum. Did he have a smart body? He did not have a smart body. No. It was just in the museum. He was in the museum with a sign next to him that said Dalek Planet Scarrow. And the doctor hidden, hidden him at one point. I'm the not doctor sure. Hidden I'm, Steve the Dalek? Yeah, I'm not sure what he thought of that. If he was aroused, afraid, petrified. He probably didn't know. Being but it was a little bit frightening. Yes, I, I can't imagine that Dalek Steve is, is still in the Dalek case at this stage. You think he's gone off for a quick pint somewhere? Possibly. He's to the uh, museum gift shop, perhaps. Yes, he's working in the gift shop, I'm guessing, yeah. <laughs> he's working his way back up. Is the museum gift shop above McDonald's? Yes. Obviously. Both Everything is above McDonald's. Both literally and figuratively, of course. And, and what I... I know we were talking about, I think the last couple of stories, Vicky didn't really do much. But on this one, mm. she uh, basically instigates a revolution. She did like, yes. she did like she that did. word as well. She liked saying revolution. Did she like saying revolution? She did. I did not notice the revolution saying this. Yeah, because she said at one point, you say you want a revolution. Mm. Uh, well, you know, we all want to change the world. I don't. Do you not want to change the world? Do you want to run the world? I, I just Do you want, want to, to swim the world? I want to watch. You just want to watch the world. Yeah, I want to lay back and watch the world. I, I liked how they're all bitching at each other. Yes, I think you mentioned mm. it in your synopsizing. Did I? Synopsization. Oh, I like that word. Synopsises. Yeah, the last one about. Okay. Yeah, uh, Barbara and and Ian were, were bitching at each other. Yeah, like trying to like, get out. like married couples do. Yes, so it was Vicky as well. It was a threesome. I think okay, was Ian was having a threesome with Vicky and Barbara. Because that's how he rolls. Yeah, he had no room for you in his uh, in his threesome. I'm not worthy. No, you're not. But yes, he was. Uh, well, they all th- all three of them were arguing on the best way to get out of the uh, museum and uh, how to treat time travel. Surely, all I needed to do is find. Dalek Steve, because he would be in the gift shop, and the gift shop is right next to the entrance. Yeah, but they couldn't find the entrance, or the gift shop. I, I, I also like the bit where the Doctor said that he was with uh, James Watt when he discovered Steam. Him as well. Him as well. Because basically that line could have been any of the Doctors. Really, because they all just like name-dropping on people they've seen through history. Yeah, and considering uh, he was the first one who said it, all... Uh, all subsequent versions of the Doctor could also say it as well. I did like the uh, commander of the Morons, as you keep calling them. The, the yeah. Morocks? Morons? Yeah. Uh, with their white uniforms. Um, see, see what, see, they were wearing white uniforms and the Zerons were wearing black shirts. One, one of the, one of the, uh, Zerons, he was called Daco. But I was convinced he was called Darko. Which I just thought was a little bit, but apparently it, it wasn't, and I was completely wrong. It did sound like it, and uh, it sounded like Doc. And there was the other one called Zeta, and I was convinced he was called Caesar. Well, let's pretend they were. 
Okay, Darko and Caesar. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of show you can make of that. It's obviously not going to be good as Ninja and the Bastard. No, well, what is? But uh, yes, one of the commander in, in the in the Mor Moron army was just the campest commander ever. He wasn't even yes, he was camp, but he was just like over overacted. It was just awesomely hilarious to watch. Because he would talk to someone and yet talk, and then he would talk to like an imaginary audience that was behind the camera as well. I mean, he should mm. he should have been on Carry On Museum or Carry On Xeros or something. But yes, he was great. He's a, so that, as I mentioned in the synopsis, he reminded me so that as Russ Abbott in his solid. Oh, he's the Russ Abbott guy. Yes, but he never played Buzzard and Bond. Did he not? I don't know who he is. <laughs> You know who Russ Abbott is, but you don't know what he's done. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even going on about this. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything else I can say about this guy. Nope. Uh, I did like the... I think it was the end of episode two, where the two. doctor... Two. Two? Where the doctor was being... "Quote unquote," interrogated by the general or the governor, I think is is governor. Ah, uh, in the uh, mind reading chair thing. Yes. yes, but I just thought the lighting was good there. Nice Did use of shadow, and also it was quite amusing. The doctor was throwing up random images to, to to ruin his mind reading ability machine. Yes, I uh, were asking him uh, various questions. How did you come here? And, uh, and he was throwing up an image of. Uh, Penny Fowling. Indeed. It's subverting the uh, tricks of the machine. Very good. I remember some things. Just not much things. Not many much things. things. <laughs> like English. Like, like English <laughs> or the word many. I suppose it's as good a time as I need to drink some beer now. Uh, uh, we've been drinking it throughout. We don't have to drink it in uh, uh, I was just going to say, uh, at the same time as they were um, making this episodes, yes, I've also forgotten how to speak English, they uh, they were in production on Doctor Who and the Daleks, which we reviewed, and you can probably download somewhere. Probably. Yes. <laughs> I quite like the beer. It's nothing shocking or anything, but I think it's a bit of a dark beer, which I tend to like. I've uh, I've got used to it. It uh, it hits you when you first taste it. It's uh, very strong. Apparently, it goes well with stew yeah. and gravy grease. Gravy greases. It's it goes well with gravy grease. Is it stew and gravy grease? <laughs> which Gavin insists you can get in the haggis. But yeah, it's a decent beer. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> what have you seen? <laughs> It says here, this is a vegan beer. I wasn't aware there were beers that weren't <laughs> vegan beers. Can you... Uh, hey, let me tell you, if there are beers that aren't vegan beers, I fucking want them. <laughs> if there are beers that contain I want bacon, I want that beer. Oh, bacon beer, beef beer. Anything, yeah, pork beer. Chicken beer. I want that. Why do they feel it necessary to say this is a vegan beer? I mean, beer is made from like barley and malt and shit and hops. Isn't isn't all beer? Apparently not, <laughs> according to this. This beer is made from a cow. 
This is the most awesome beer ever. I might as well just put non-dry beer. You know what they're something. doing? They're confusing the word beef with beer. Uh, Although I don't see how I can get a vegan beef fiber. <laughs> Maybe the cow oh. allowed himself to die. Like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know, you don't know, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. Obviously. Who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? That would be... Oh, oh, you can... No? Oh, I thought you would have got it. No. It's it's him. It's who? It's him. Uh, Doug. Oh. Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, yes. That's the one. I've got one. Hooray. If you've got any questions for Gav that he might not know, send them in. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like the easiest quiz ever. Well, yeah, but it just amuses me nonetheless. Mm What, like, next episode of me was as you've got Ian Lynx. Yeah, that amuses me greatly. Uh, are, are we are we done talking about the beer? Mm. Although that really did amuse me, the freaking beer. So, yes, get yourself some uh, yeah. meat-free beer. It is made by Bateman's Brewery. Probably. They also make other beers, such as Dark Lord and Christmas Rosy Noozy. So that's the whole spectrum there. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the story, such as it was, or the plot, in inverted commas. Um, it was originally more humorous until the script editor uh, rewrote it because he thought it should have been it should be more serious. Because he doesn't like comedy. He doesn't like comedy. What do you feel about comedy? I like comedy. Why do you like comedy? It makes me laugh. Well done. But there were quite plenty of funny bits in it. For instance, uh, I believe it was Ian said he was no great expert when it comes to changing history, but neither is the doctor, so there's no oh. problem there. But Barbara is a problem. She, <laughs> well, apparently, she, she yeah. can change history slightly until it goes back again. One question I do have for you. Is it another pop culture question? It is not. Excellent. Unless you include asking, about, asking you about the episode we just watched, a pop oh, culture episode. How the fuck... Are the morons in charge of that planet? <laughs> There's like six of them, maybe seven. <laughs> and there's four. Well, sorry, I can see there's four Zerons. Yeah. Well, they're all teenagers with double eyebrows. And yes. But I'm, I'm thinking if there were six of us, we could take over a planet of five population. Could we? Yeah. Cool. Would we build a museum as well? No, we'll build a pub. That's a better idea. See, that's a better idea. We're going to take over a planet and we're going to build a museum. And we charge oh and we charge them double. For their double eyebrows? Yes. One for each eyebrow. <laughs> they built a museum. They took over a planet and built a museum. I mean, that's so evil. Maybe the real estate on their planet is really expensive. And, and the people, the Zerons, you never actually saw them work. They just wandered around, sat around eating all day. I mean, just what? Yeah, planning the uh, upheaval. Yeah, they're just they're just the worst slaves ever. The best slaves ever. Well, from their point of view, yeah. Although apparently they still weren't happy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were in the maybe they're from the internet. I don't know. Well, well, did you see the beer that they gave them? Was it vegan beer? It was solid beer. Oh yes. What was that about? Maybe that's what they were rebelling against. <laughs> solid beer. <laughs> it did look like Guinness, which pretty much is solid beer. Uh, back in the museum earlier as well. Museum, yeah. 
Remember that? Yeah, they came across the Dalek. Did they? Yeah. What, literally come across them? Well, uh, Ian did. <laughs> Sign of disrespect, huh? I think he was sexually attracted by the Daleks. It might have been. Well, there you are. They, they are very shapely. And they have long stalks. And their and their balls. Don't forget their half balls. Half balls. Half balls. Many half balls. Many half balls are better oh, than two. Yes. Look. What? But yeah, Vicky uh, mentions uh, that she doesn't know who the Daleks are. No, she doesn't. From what three hundred years in the future, something like. No, she doesn't. But she knows who the morons are. No, she, she she knows who the Daleks are. She read it in history. Yeah, she only read about. She like mentioned mentioned them in passing. She didn't know anything about them. Like. She did know. She read about the, them in they history. Were, they weren't infamous though. She read about them in her. She read about them in class. Yeah, she read about them, but they were like just like a sidebar. They weren't like famous evil bastards. She weren't that aware of them. But she knew all about the Morocks, apparently. Did you know about them? They were more famous than the Daleks. Did you? For Vicky. Uh, what happened to the Daleks? They, they got bored. Got bored of being beaten by Ian. Yeah. That's Why it. not? They decided to go and make vegan beer. Uh, there was a good bit. Well, it wasn't a good bit, but it will be a good bit eventually. Where <laughs> uh, they, they freeze the Doctor, which is kind of cheap carbonite freezing. Uh, and afterwards he says he's he's cold and he's not used to the cold. He's, he's not used to such temperatures, which is quite good because in the Tenth Planet, that's basically, in his last story, that's basically what happens. Spoilers. So it sort of links up with that, which is quite interesting. I'm going back to the uh, morons again, and the Daleks. The, uh, the morons build this museum as a, a memory of their wars. Yes. And there's Daleks in it, so obviously they had a war with the Daleks, and they must have been victorious. Why? Because they've got Daleks in there. Not necessarily. They could, it could be oh, propaganda. They've killed, they could, they've they've killed they've Dalek Steve anyway. Dalek. They've oh. killed Dalek Steve anyway. I could kill Dalek Steve. I couldn't. I could. You could not kill Dalek I could. I, I'd get him, i like order like a cheeseburger from him. And then, and then <laughs> I get him from behind. <laughs> what just does this cook in it? Yeah, but it's that's what they did. And then they, and then they pretended they beat all the Daleks ever. That's what it says. It, that's what it says on the uh, little plaque beside it. it. Says we beat all the Daleks ever. Who says we didn't? You know, I can believe. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that from the morons, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's what their entire exhibit is. Maybe. Yeah, I can bring that. The whole I reason of it is because of the Daleks. I want to go and see this museum. Do you? Really? Yes. Because it means going to another planet and not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to go to another planet as well. Uh, uh, and, and after the, the Doctor was unfrozen, he said that while he was still frozen... He could still think really fast, and his brain was working with the speed of a mechanical computer. <laughs> really, that's that slowly then was it? It wasn't, it wasn't working very fast at all. Yeah, not the speed of a biological one. Really. No, because they're better. It no. was actually the speed of a vegan computer. <laughs> Did you know they actually make computers out of beef, <laughs> and that's why they're making vegan computers now? 
Oh, I'm off in one now. Hey, at least they can get drunk now. Because they couldn't before, <laughs> apparently. Because of all the beef in the beer. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but there's just something wrong with beer that has to say it. Because it's not something you associate with beef. No. Or or chicken. Anyway. I, I just, it just it just confused me. Mm. Uh, where are we now? Space Museum still. Yes. <laughs> Does it yet, and it appears uh, at the uh, the very last scene with the Daleks. Yes. yes. It appears. I remember it all. It appears they've moved on from their Lego obsession. They are now uh, they're playing keyboards. Yes, they're like a computers type things on the wall, and one mm. looked distinctly like a keyboard. And obviously, it's got to be pinned against the wall because how else are they going to press the keys? Yeah, they've got to use their uh, suckers to mm. play pinball wizard or whatever they do. I don't know. What do you think a Dalek plays? I don't playing keyboard music. I would like to think that the Dalek Steve himself would sing Never Gonna Give You Up. Never Gonna Give You Up. But he, but he, oh, but he does that. see the first Dalek band. He does oh, that. Oh, Dalek band. That'd be awesome. Steve and the Daleks. Yes, and then, and then at the end, whenever the uh, Zerons take over again and drive the Morons away, they, uh, they destroy the museum, so they destroy science. And education. They destroy and, lies. And then they destroy everything non-terrestrial as well. You know, because you can't have anything else depurifying their, their planet. What's all about? It's their planet. Yeah, but they're being racist. They're being invadist. What, you mean like the computer game? Space invadist. Yeah, you don't want the invaders. Also, a quick note to uh, Star Wars fans: Jeremy Bullock was in was in these episodes. He played one of the Zerons, and he, of course, uh, went on to play Boba Fett, or Boba Fett as it's known now. But it will always be Boba Fett to me. It is always Boba Fett. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I know Boba Fett. Who's Boba Fett? He's the guy off of Star Wars. <laughs> Brilliant. You think he's the, the guy with the lightsaber? The bounty hunter guy. Oh, well done. I know Mr. Holmes. Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, White. Uh, what's 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 your Ian moment of the episode? Or do you want me to do my quote first? Well, you do yours first. Okay, then. If I could fucking see it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my quote of the episode uh, is Ian to the Doctor. And it's a nice little exchange here showing how... Simple Ian is compared to the Doctor. You've lost a button. Hmm? Oh, so I have. Lost a button. Hmm. That's interesting. Yes, it's very interesting. Hmm. Doctor, why do you always show the greatest interest in the least important things, eh? The least important things sometimes, my dear boy, lead to the greatest discoveries. That was rubbish. Nothing you find that was brilliant. And that just shows you how scientific the Doctor is compared to Mr. Ian Big Picture Chesterton. Well, my uh, Ian Mr. Little things make up life, you see, says oh. Hank Scorpio. Does he? Yes, he does. Excellent. You don't know who he is, do you? He's off of uh, Simpsons. Oh, well done. Oh, two in a row. Let's go. <laughs> Can we pick a hat trick? 
So my Ian moment of the episode is... Uh, this is the penultimate Ian moment of the episode. It is, yes. Is it comes towards the end where... Uh, it will be the end. Yeah. Where Ian is rather sarcastic towards the Doctor. Oh. And goes loosely. We uh, landed on a separate time track, wandered around a bit, and until this little thing clicked itself into place, we hadn't actually arrived. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks very much for explaining it. Well, Ian's just a cunt, isn't he? I think you'll find he's the greatest thing that's ever lived. <laughs> well, can I just correct you there? Uh, no. He's, he hasn't lived. He's, he's just a creation on TV. He's fictional. No, he's real. Okay, let's, let's move on before you have a nervy breakdown. Uh, so, questions. We have a couple of questions this week. Questions two. The first question goes thusly. Jeff. Hey, guys. I have always heard of Doctor Who and seen bits of shows on public TV, but never really checked it out until the new series with the 11th Doctor. I like what I saw and now I'm determined to become a hardcore Doctor Who fan, but I'm not sure how to go about it. I've seen all of the 11th Doctor and most of the 9th and 10th Doctors. That's all they show here in America on BBC America. I've also seen the Key of Time series with Tom Baker and I downloaded it complete archive of episodes from seasons 1 to 10 but I delete them after I've watched them so it's not illegal. I actually came across your website after drinking and doing some web searching on the last on the latest episode. I have seen Dalek's master plan with the first doctor. So that's my background now here is my question and I figure two guys who have devoted their time to drinking and talking about the doctor are the best people to ask. Really? Apparently. Excellent. We are experts in what, our field. Yes. What is the best way for a new like myself to really get involved and become immersed in the Doctor Who story? I'd like to keep watching chronologically, but some of the 1960s stuff is a little boring and repetitive. Though this can be rectified with a few beers. Hence the oh, beer. Oh, yes, it can. Pork or vegan. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, I don't want to skip ahead and miss anything important in the Doctor's development. How does the whole character of the Doctor and the story in general hold together over the decades? What are your thoughts? Thanks and happy travels, Paul Grenier. Well, see, here's the thing, Paul. Uh, Doctor Who is what, almost 50 years old now? Yes. So it holds together, as you would imagine, most TV series do over 50 years. Very loosely. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you go within 10 years, time travel, time travel especially, whenever you look at uh, how it, you can change it and then you can't and then you can. That, that, but anyway. Things I would, I would say you should watch are The War Games, which is the second Doctor's last story, because it features the first appearance of the Doctor's race. And particularly the, the Dalek and Cybermen episodes, to see the genesis and development of them as well. Yes. Other the ones that do exist. And then obviously you, uh, Terror of the Autons, because that features the first of the first of Master. Yeah, you've got to uh, you've got to get in the Masters episodes. I mean, all of them. And then and then Genesis of the Daleks, Tom Baker, but uh, it's a it's the first one with Davros. It's like a. I've seen this read. I've read this before, but it, it is kind of like a uh, reboot of the of the creation of the Daleks. 
you know, compared to the Daleks, which was the black and white one. But basically, if you can watch the watch the the uh, last and the first of each Doctor, which you won't be able to do with Patrick Trotton. You won't be able to watch his first one, but that's because he was here or were bastards back in the day. Um, but yeah, watch watch them. That would probably be best, and then. We'll uh, and then the old Dalek and Cybermen one, and that would, that would, uh, and obviously the beer, that would help as well. Obviously the beer. Do you have anything to add? I'm not, you could possibly say as far as becoming a fan, could possibly take the route that I did, because I was pretty similar. I, I didn't start watching it until the new series. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the new series, and then from there, I listen to the Big Finish audios, which have the... But you didn't really get into them until... Did you get into them before you watched the series? Oh, yeah. Did you? So you your first yeah. your first uh, connection with some of the Doctors was on audio? Yeah. I uh, After the new series, I listened to the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which I really enjoyed. So from there, after really enjoying them, I branched out into the other range, which had the 5th, 6th and 7th Doctors. So I got to know the 5th, 6th and 7th Doctors through them. And then from there, I became a massive fan of Doctor, and I wanted to watch the previous stories to find the histories and how these Doctors came to be and and how the enemies sort of grew up in the series, TV series, as it were, from there. Mm-hmm. Well, by then, I'd become a massive fan of the previous Doctors as well through the uh, audios. Yeah, and some of the, some of the Doctors, well, and it some helped. of them are better and some of them are worse in audio. It, it helps, there is, uh, because they're a lot newer as well, there's a lot of really good stories in the audios. And they're not quite 60s, sort of tedious storytelling. I mean, admittedly, some of the early 60s weren't tedious and to get through and something like that, but... Once you become a fan, it's easy to get through. I I find. Yeah, basically, listen to our podcast, and we'll tell you which ones are good. Um, but but with with Doctor Who, you, I don't feel you can be a real big stickler with continuity. You can try some to things, make, but it doesn't work. No. <laughs> some things, some. I mean, I'm not saying it's all over the place because it's not. But I mean, there are some things that just. I mean, with with being a 50 year old show, it's not going to make sense. Or it's going to contradict itself at times. As long as you're having fun, that's the main thing. Yeah. Sorry, our, uh, our answer's a bit vague, but, you know. If you have any specific questions, feel free to drop us a line. Yeah. Uh, and we'll certainly help you out. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I certainly can't get any uh, more specific with my lack of uh, memory. No. ZX81 has more memory than you. So, so now I... Uh, yeah. An audio question. Yes. From uh, from one of our friends at the Girls on Book Action. Let's listen, Dusty. Dear lovable street urchin Gav and heartless landowner Gav, you decide which is which. After many years of the Doctor's relationship with his companions being basically platonic, the Doctor Who movie opened the floodgates to him being even the slightest bit interested in what his companions kept in their pants. Regular pants for the English listeners and underpants for the North Americans. This trend continued with Rose, who's another chick love interest that I just don't get, and was flirted with with both Martha and Amy. What do you guys think of this shift in the dynamic of the relationship? Yours in the past, Amanda. Well, I don't generally have a problem with that. No, I don't either. 
Uh, I just feel it's it's you know we're changing times, and the same with the, the length of the episodes and how it become more fast moving and things like that. I, I just I'm I just don't want to see it happen all the time because I think it's a bit repetitive and boring. Like the sixties, no. Uh, yeah, I don't want it to be a, a sort of major story. I don't think, story I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a big thing with Amy. I did have a. Pro- mm-hmm. There was the episode where it almost happened, and I was kind of like, "Oh, for God's sake!" But it, but it was just like a thing. But it it was a big thing for Amy, like though, but not the Doctor. That's probably why I like Donna. Yes, I like Donna. Shut up. Um, Donna was good. Get over it, guys. <laughs> I didn't want to like her, but I did, so there we are. Uh, that's probably why, uh, another reason why I liked her, because it wasn't a newly love interest thing. She was just, I mean, they were best friends. And they even said so much in the in the series. Well, it, it's not really become a big feature yet, though, has it? No. I do remember at the time, you weren't, because you were, um, well, you weren't really in Doctor Who at the yeah. time. I do remember at the time of the Doctor Who movie, you know, people were, were, and he's going insane over the fact that the Doctor kisses someone. Mm. And then, of course, he, he was... But the, but the better thing with Rose was he didn't... I mean, he, he basically fell in love with her. But it wasn't just over a TV movie. You know, the course of a TV movie was the course of a series or a few series. The eighth Doctor didn't turn around. And then with Martha, she was the one who was in love with him rather than the other way around. Yeah, I, th- I think they've struck a good balance so far. We aren't hmm. becoming too much of a hindrance to the story or anything. But with the next companion, we'll just have to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, everyone should listen to Amanda and Irene, who have a podcast called Girl on Book Action, where they uh, talk about and review various books. books. Funny that, uh, isn't it? Anthologies and... <laughs> yes, anthologies... You know, it's more, it's more literally, literary mm. than, well, well, it is more literally than we are, but it's more <laughs> literary as well. Uh, yes, I, I quite enjoy it. But they yeah, do very entertaining reviews. You should check it out. I do check it out. Oh, good. Oh, you meant the people at the other end of the microphone? Oh, them as well, yeah. There are little people that live in the microphone, you know. Well, they should check it out as well. Well, maybe they're too tiny to do anything about that. Maybe they can't reach the podcast button. Inside, so Amanda, make a smaller version of your podcast. Inside the microphone, there's a podcast button. It's very small. But it's too high up, you see, they can't get to it. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's something to do with the, the numbskulls that was in Beezer. I just want to say, okay, sum up the episode that we watched. Okay. Probably should have done earlier, but never mind. Um, I, I thought the first episode was interesting, and the other mm. ones weren't. <laughs> <laughs> To, to paraphrase Robert Schumann, who's a great writer, and he wrote the Dalek episode of the first of the new series, so that was the one with Christopher Eggleston, he said, and, and, he, and he likes the Space Museum, but he said there were three problems with the Space Museum, episodes two, episode three, and episode four. <laughs> uh, and I kind of agree with him. They did have some good points. They did have some good points, but yeah. I mean, the, the first the, the bit in the chair was good. Uh, yes, Doctor outwitting everybody and uh, Ian just being fantastic—that was good. Was it? It was good. Okay, well, we might, well, might as well get used to it, or not. As the case may be. Okay, if you need uh, to get in contact with us, we're at 
drunkentimetravel at gmail.com or drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com which is where you can find uh, not only the podcast but reviews of other stories in between yes indeed where I, I do reviews mm-hmm. of books audios short stories comics mm-hmm. that kind of pesky nonsense uh, and we're on twitter at, at drunk time travel and we're also on itunes as well but what? only series 2 and why is that half? because itunes suck or because something to do with a feed and rubbish I'm, I might have to change it at some point in the future so we can you're get series people. 1 on boring people. but I'm boring people so you can only get series 2 on iTunes at the minute uh, and I should also mention that uh, I also do a review of Star Trek Voyager no come back no don't go away um, which is very 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 near the end and that's at sickbaycheese.blogspot.com so close, we'll never have to watch a monitor again. I'm quite happy with that. So much Doctor Who to watch, quite happy with that. But there we go. So, uh, now we'll say our goodbyes. Which go? <laughs> now we'll say our goodbyes. Yes. Are we going to sing It's a Wonderful Day in the Neighbourhood? It is a wonderful day in the neighbourhood. You don't even know goodbye, what I'm talking about. Goodbye, you bastard. And it's goodbye from that guy. Goodbye. In the next episode, you'll hear English Gav say, No, you don't go. And then you'll hear Irish Gav say, Ha 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 ha.